You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today I'm going to start a three-part series on the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to start with, Holy Spirit, help me. Oftentimes we know that we need the help of the Holy Spirit, but we don't realize how much we need the Holy Spirit. I want to start by asking you a question relating to you as a Christian. Where does the life of a Christian come from? The life that you experience as a Christian, where does it come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from Christ Jesus himself who died on the cross for you and me. When Jesus came to this earth, he came as a helper. We did not know that we needed the help of a Savior, but He came to help us, to show a more excellent way. Jesus said, He'll pray to the Father, and the Father will send another helper. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will pray. Jesus didn't say you have to pray. He says, I am going to pray. I am the one who's going to ask the Father. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. Remember, we worship God in spirit and in truth. It's even the Holy Spirit helps us to worship God in spirit and in truth. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world does not know the Holy Spirit. The world cannot see, understand how the Holy Spirit is working. The helper is for believers. The Holy Spirit is working on this earth, convicting and convincing sinners of righteousness to change their ways. But the Holy Spirit is there to help us. I want to ask you as a Christian, of what value is the Holy Spirit in your life? Of what value is the Holy Spirit in your life? Many Christians are living a life today based on their strengths, their abilities, their giftings. Apollos was such that started out with a lot of zeal preaching the gospel of John the Baptist with zeal and energy. And there's a lot of Christians doing that, but are you you doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit? Paul boldly said in Hebrews 13 verse 6, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. He said, in him we live and move and have our being. Without him, I cannot do anything. God is the one helping me. His grace is sufficient for me. 
The Holy Spirit is there to help us. Even David in the Old Testament knew that he was not a giant slayer, but that he had a friend in the Holy Spirit who disposed of giants. We know that we need the Holy Spirit, but we don't always realize how much we need the Holy Spirit. The truth is, you cannot even say Jesus Christ is Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit. How many people have prayed a salvation prayer? Lord, come into my life, confessing with your mouth, believing with your heart. But after you've prayed that prayer, Lord, forgive my sins. How many say, precious Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. We try and live this Christian life with our own strength and our own ability. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 19. You can take your time and go read Acts 18 from verse 24 about Apollos, how he was mighty in Scripture, how he preached with zeal and energy, fervently, but how he had to be explained the Word of God more accurately. So many times we preach a gospel that sounds right. We, have, we are fervent. But we have to view it in the light of God's Word that it's bringing salvation into our lives. There was a time when Apollos was convinced but not converted. Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Can you see here are disciples of Christ Jesus? They are doing certain things that they can identify and say they are disciples. Maybe they are praying. Maybe they are fasting. Maybe they are helping people. They are doing certain kinds of Christian service that they can be labeled or called disciples. Verse 2. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I want to ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Because Paul came to Ephesus and he saw Christians, disciples busy with Christian service. But it was not with the help of the Holy Spirit. They were doing it in their own strength and their own ability. He said, how were you baptized? They said, we were baptized in John's baptism. He said, well, this explains everything. John's baptism was a baptism unto repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Change your way of doing things. But Peter, in the book of Acts, he said, repent and be converted. 
what is he saying? It's not just about repenting and saying, I'm sorry about what I've done and I want to make it right. It's about being converted. Many Christians are living a life where they are convinced. They're serving God from here. But the work that the Holy Spirit came to do is to convert us. Remember, you can say no to sin. And there are many people in the world even that don't know Jesus that say no to sin. There are many people without Christ living a good life. Not hurting people, not stealing from people, not destroying people's lives. They're saying no to sin. But you can only say yes to righteousness when the Holy Spirit is involved. This is what Jesus meant when he said, you must be born again. There's a need for you to be converted. That could only take place after Jesus had died on the cross, went to hell, and the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. So the question we should ask ourselves as a Christian, how do you know that you are saved? We say, I'm saved. How do you know that you are saved? That's a very easy question to answer. We thank God for his word, amen, that gives us guidance, amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans 8, verse 16. Are you there? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. This is the key. 1 Corinthians 6:17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. These two laws against us, Romans 8 verse 2 teaches us, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So when we repent of our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, 1 John 1, 9, and disconnect us from unrighteousness and make us righteous. But Paul said, this is not just what you need. You need to be disconnected from the law of death. And that's dealt with through Christ's resurrection. God's spirit joins himself to our spirit. When we confess with our mouth, believe with our heart, confession with our mouths unto salvation, but with your heart you believe that God has made you righteous. He who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now because you are one spirit with him, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, you can confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. You need the help of the Holy Spirit to declare that Jesus is Lord. You cannot do it in your own strength, in your own ability. Turn to the person next to you and say, you must be born again. Why is this important? 
Because when you are born of God, God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Word that became flesh, is an incorruptible seed. And that incorruptible seed is now on the inside of you when you are linked up with God. He is there to help you to overcome sin. Not to tell you the law tells us you've done this wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. But now you have the Holy Spirit on the inside leading you. This is the first work of the Holy Spirit to help us so that our spirit man can become regenerated. That's why the first area of your life where you should start to prosper is in your spiritual life. The Holy Spirit will now help you to put the flesh under. How do you do that? By being led by the Holy Spirit, not giving in to those desires. The Holy Spirit will come when He sanctifies your heart and makes your heart righteous, removes all condemnation. Now you have confidence towards God. What does Romans 8 verse 1 says? When we are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. 1 John 3, now when we approach God, we don't have any condemnation because we are aware of the fact that God has made our hearts righteous. The Holy Spirit even now helps you to pray. When you don't know how to pray, who have you found when something bad has happened or something happens not according to what you thought would be and you have to pray? You sometimes feel a bit weak. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? When somebody is parked on your parking space, now for the 10th time when it says, Mr. whatever your surname, or Mrs. whatever your surname, and they keep on parking on your parking lot, or your, your, your space. Is there a thing to call fire down on the person? Or is it to have grace? I'm talking about a weakness that you have when something is not going the way as you expected it would go. It was Jesus who told Peter, I've been praying for you. I've been interceding for you. In the same way, Jesus here on earth was a helper praying and interceding for his disciples. The Holy Spirit prays for us. Go to Romans 8.26. Let me just show you. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you're linked up with God, when that person parks on your space, that has <clears throat> done it again. When it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit, He's affecting even your groaning. He's helping you because he can feel what you are feeling. Who of you have been doing a lot of groaning prayers? Let me see your hand. Amen. Yes. The same Jesus, whatever he went through, trials and tribulations and temptations, 
fastings, the Holy Spirit stood next to him to help him to be with him. During his time of temptation, it was the Holy Spirit that was with him. Can you see? We need the Holy Spirit, but we don't always realize how much we need him. Can you see the importance to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, to have his presence with you? The giants that you are facing right now to know that you have a helper in the Holy Spirit who disposes of all giants. Moses, God said, there's the promised land. That's what I've promised you. It's yours, a land overflowing with milk and honey. What did Moses say? He says, I'm not going into that promised land, Lord, unless your spirit, the helper, has gone before me. Because I know even in the promised land, there's high walls, there's Jerichos. I know there's giants. And unless you go before me to make my way straight and smooth, I'm not going into that land. He knew the helper would solve problems for him in his future. David, who killed Goliath, people knew he couldn't be a giant killer, but that he had a friend in the Holy Spirit. In 1 Chronicles 12, verse 18, when the people came to him, they said, we'll be your helper. We're going to help you because we know that God is the one helping you. You can go read it. We know God is helping you, so we've come to help you. We know if we go into a battle, we're not on our own. We have a friend in the Holy Spirit. Joshua, when Moses went out of God's presence and spoke to the people, Joshua remained in God's presence. Allowed the Holy Spirit to shape and to form him. Caleb in the promised land. Caleb because he has a different Spirit. Joseph, we've seen that the Spirit of God is on the inside of him. He can interpret dreams and visions. Daniel, in whom there is an excellent Spirit. People can see when the Holy Spirit is helping somebody. David, when he sinned, what did he pray? In Psalm 51, verse 11, do not let your spirit depart from me. Why? He knew he had a helper in the Holy Spirit. Under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, if you sinned, the Holy Spirit departed from you. We need the Holy Spirit to walk, to talk, to do everything. We know that we need the Holy Spirit, but we don't always realize how much we need him. As sons of God, as daughters of God, we are called to be led by the Holy Spirit. As you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, as you accept Christ Jesus, and you have this witness, this testimony of God's Spirit and your spirit, that you're a child of the Most High God, guess what the enemy will come and do? He'll come and challenge your sonship. He'll make you question yourself whether you are a daughter or a son of the Most High God. Family, listen to me. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, that righteousness of Christ Jesus is established on the inside of you. 
Because He's righteous, you can be righteous. The Bible talks about the root of the righteous. You are established in Christ Jesus. The root of the righteous is Christ Jesus Himself. When you confess with your mouth, you believe with your heart. Confession made with your mouth unto salvation. With your heart you believe unto righteousness. That righteous root is established here. Guess what? When that righteous root of Christ Jesus is established, you'll start to bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control. These are the characteristics of a person that is spirit-filled, living a spirit-filled life. Can you see how much we need the Holy Spirit? When people respond with hate, that you can respond with love. How do we know that you're a child of light? 1 John 3 verse 10 says, this is how we know the difference between children of light and children of darkness. They practice righteousness. Can you see the fruit, the root of the righteous? They practice righteousness because Christ has made us righteous. And you can love your brother, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So this is the promise that God has given us. Can you see the need to be born again? Turn to the person next to you and say, you must be born again. Tell them again, say, you must be born again. So when you accept that, you are placed in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. Heaven's atmosphere. But we yet, we still find ourselves here on earth. So the enemy will come and challenge your sonship. If he did it to Jesus, he's going to tempt you with the same thing. The same thing. It's very easy. There's only three areas where he's going to tempt you in. Lust of the eye. Lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I don't have time to preach on it, but Jesus was tempted in those three things. Lust of, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Eve in the garden was tempted. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. But Christ has come to give us victory in Christ Jesus. Amen. When you look at Luke chapter 4 verse 3, and the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. So interesting. Jesus was hungry, and the devil tempted him with food. So that thing, that pain, that suffering, that difficulty that you are going through is the very area we'll tempt you in. Young people, you might be single, but don't be tempted. You might be single, but you're not desperate. Amen? Remember, it was Jesus that was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. If he's leading you into the wilderness, it's for a reason, so that his name can be glorified. It will only be for a season. Don't you go and prolong it. Israel, a type of the church out of Egypt, where did the Holy Spirit lead them? Into the wilderness. It was only supposed to be a short journey. Through their disobedience, they prolonged it. Sons and daughters are led by the Holy Spirit. In whatever situation you are facing, the Holy Spirit will make the way out of it. Family, listen to me. It doesn't matter how close you are to God. 
Nobody was closer to God than Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and yet he was tempted. Doesn't matter how close you are to God, you can still be tempted, but God will help you. The enemy wants you to doubt your future. In this passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 4, you can read it. It's so interesting. He tempted Jesus three times, and three times he answered with the word of God. And then the Bible says, he departed from Jesus. And he was looking or waiting for a more opportune time. You know what's the lesson from this? Oftentimes we passed a test or a temptation and we think, now it's over. No, now you have to keep your God up still. Be led by the Holy Spirit because the enemy will look for a more opportune time to come and tempt you. Guess where did the enemy, the devil, come and challenge Jesus' sonship again? In his time of his worst pain, worst suffering on the cross. He said, if you are the son of God, come down from the cross. In that time of pain, he had to rely upon the strength of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we find ourselves on a cross, suffering, pain, discomfort. How many times have people said, well, if you are a Christian, if you're a son of God or a daughter of God, why are you on the cross? Why don't you just get yourself off it? Get yourself out of it. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Have you been facing some challenges where people have come and challenged your sonship? Questioned whether you're a daughter of the Most High God? Jesus, in that minute, in that moment, did not rely upon his flesh what he was going through. The pain, the bleeding, the suffering, the humiliation. But he relied on the Holy Spirit and he could respond with the fruit of the Holy Spirit and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. This is the Holy Spirit helping us when we rely on his divine nature instead of our human nature. All Christians experience times of testing, but the Holy Spirit will help us in every one of those. Listen what the Passion Translation says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, the nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. God's ability will become your ability. In the time of testing, that temptation, God will always make a way out. He will never allow the enemy to test you beyond your ability. Can you see the need for the Holy Spirit in your life? To say, Holy Spirit, come and help me. Can you see the confidence that we as Christians can have knowing 
that we have a helper, a friend in the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter, I'm going to close. 2 Peter, 1 verse 3. Just go there quickly. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The fact that your spirit is one with God's spirit, that means his divine nature has become part of you. His ability now has become your ability. And you can experience that. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's why God can say everything that you put your hands to will prosper. There will be life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working in you and through you. You've become part of his nature. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Do you know what's one of the most amazing things, privileges that we have as a Christian now? When you become part of the divine nature of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, he says, pray without ceasing. How is that possible? How is it possible for you to be praying 24-7? It's only possible when you are linked up with the Holy Spirit. He is praying for us 24-7. So even when you're asleep, your spirit is not asleep. You are praying. The Holy Spirit, when you are weak, He's praying in us and through us. Can you see why you have to be born again? The Helper is now helping us with all things. He's helping me to be a better pastor. Helping me to be a better husband. A better father. He will help you in the marketplace with your career to be a better worker, a better CEO, or whatever position you hold. When you're a doctor, the Holy Spirit will help you to diagnose people. If you're a businessman, he'll help you with transactions to discern what's really going on here. Whatever you're doing as a teacher, he'll help you. Know where you have to be firm with some children and where you have to show more love because every person is different. He'll help you to manifest the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He'll help you so that Christ can be formed on the inside of you. Not even Jesus when he came to this earth. Remember, he was the word that became flesh. He was 100% God and 100% man when he walked on this earth. But he never relied upon his flesh. Luke chapter 4 said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He says, I'm going to preach with the help of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when you preach to the poor, you cannot just bring a message. You need the Holy Spirit who can change their situation so that they will know that they are blessed with every blessing that's in Christ Jesus. That if they start to prosper in their spiritual life, God will give them wisdom, God will give them understanding, God will lead them in whatever season they find themselves, from glory to glory and strength to strength. Even Jesus, when he went to do good 
Acts 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. All the good he did was with the help of the Holy Spirit. Not relying on his own ability, but God's ability. We need to create this kind of culture as a Christian to allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit. Even where God has strengthened you, gifted you, let him lead you. Remember he said in the book of Habakkuk, the Lord has made my feet like that of a deer's, strengthened my ankles. But after he's done that, remember that deer, when he is strong, he can climb any hill. He can go anywhere. He said, yet I let the Lord lead me up my high hill. That's the nature and the heart of a Christian. That humility, that sincerity of heart to say, Lord, your will, not my will. Lead me, O Lord. Holy Spirit, help me. The Holy Spirit is here to help you, to remind you that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. Paul said, I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit more than anybody else. A matter of fact, I'm praying in the Spirit more than anybody else because I want God's perfect will. I want the Holy Spirit to help me. Even when I'm groaning, mm, the Holy Spirit will affect it and help me because he hears my heart's cry. He can feel what I'm feeling and he came to help me. We have a helper in the Holy Spirit. What is the value of the Holy Spirit in your life? As a Christian, do everything with the help of the Holy Spirit. He is our shield. He's our exceedingly great reward. He's our protection. He's our helper. You know, the promise that was made to Abraham was a helper. Galatians 3, the promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit, the helper. Gentiles, those that are not part of the covenant, when they accept Jesus Christ, they can have a helper that will help us in everything that we do. Can you see the importance of asking the Holy Spirit to help you? We need the Holy Spirit in temptations, but we also need the Holy Spirit to worship God. We need the Holy Spirit when we're facing a difficult time, but we need the Holy Spirit when we read the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit when there's a breakthrough Jericho's walls in front of us. But we need him just to say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. The light of God's favor to shine upon all our ways. What is the value of the Holy Spirit in your life? Make it your prayer every day. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, go before me. He knows what's going to happen. He can deal with those giants and those problems. The Holy Spirit came in the place of Jesus to be a helper in your life and in my life. Let our prayer be every day. Holy Spirit, help me. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.